0: Welcome friend, I'm Rick Pasquale. Thank you for joining us today. I believe God has a word for you. I know God loves you and has a plan for your life. So listen to this live service and let God speak to you. Watching us here on Sunday, which that's pretty cool. Because I have a goal of reaching a million people. And we're, we're right at that goal. And someone said, well, what's that mean? You're done? I said, no, 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 no. We're just upping our goal. Instead of a million in five years, we're going to reach a million a year from now on. And uh, remember, I'm in a city with four million people. One million are immigrants, three million are Italians. We've got a lot of people to reach just right here in this city. And uh, for God is for us. If you're new to us, we run a series for the entire year. Our theme this year is this is where amazing happens. And we believe God can do amazing things all over the world. But you have to believe. And God sets you up for moments for His grace and His mercy and His miracles to show up. And you be in the right spot at the right time asking. And it's amazing what God will do. This is the last week of a series on... The place of transformation. The young people today read to you uh, the initial verse of the Mount of Transfiguration experience. And um, so I'm going to start there today. It's the last part of Get Ready, because we've taken the transformation of the mountain to what's about to happen some moment. We believe any moment. What's that mean? It's the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's Jesus coming back to receive the church. And uh, so, if you haven't been here and you say, Hey, I'd like to hear all those messages, all of them are on our website. You can go back in there, click, and check us all out and see what you have missed. So, I'm going to read you the story again, it's found in Matthew's gospel chapter 17, and it goes like this. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up! He said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Father, help us today as we get ready for the greatest event in history. Lord, we... Your people want to make sure we're ready. But we want to make sure those around us are ready. We want to make sure the world is ready. So you put before us opportunities, oh God, to go way beyond our comfort zone. You bring us to Rome for such a time as this. Maybe to impact a school. Maybe to impact someone we've never even met yet. But God, you've got a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. And it's not by accident that we're here in this room today. Or we're watching somewhere on this planet. God, you've got a plan for our lives. And Lord, today, I pray that I am able to communicate your plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In a moment, a flash. Before they had known what had happened, there was a Moses and Elijah on top of a mountain with Jesus. Now, it's amazing to me, even in this Bible story, why the disciples, Peter, James, and John, didn't freak out when they're on top of a mountain and all of a sudden two people that were dead are now standing before them. It doesn't say they were Amazed or terrified or any of the other words later in the verses. At the moment they saw Moses and Elijah. I don't know about you, but if I had seen them, I would have said, ah! I would have said, hey, am I dreaming? What's going on here? I, I mean, okay, you're looking at me like I'm weird. How many would have you said, that would have been amazing right there, just seeing two dead people now back to life. How many would have said that's cool? okay, wait a minute what what church are you are you listening? to me that is kind of wow to me that's amazing, so it's cool that Jesus acts like nothing was happening. there they are with. To the old prophets, two great men of God that had an incredible legacy. One took the nation out of bondage and brought them to freedom. <laughs> and one did so many miracles, you can't even count them all. Think, wow. And here I get to be in the presence of those two guys? To me, that's amazing. And so the wow moment happened. See, God is getting us ready for something that's about to happen. Since God sent his son to be the savior of the world, it was for a reason. See, God wants to spend eternity with us. Not just a few years. Not just your lifetime, but he wants to spend eternity with us. So if he wants to spend eternity with us, then he has to be getting us ready for something that's about to happen. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I hope every person that's watching or sitting in this room believes in a place called heaven. That would be legit. I believe in heaven. In the last few weeks, I've kind of taught you, helped you understand that God is up in heaven getting this place ready. See, I'm not sure of all the details, except for what is written in the Bible, of all the details of what heaven will look like. You've heard my messages. Matter of fact, when I go to America this fall, I will take a series of messages on heaven. Because it's probably the most popular concept, message, idea that's out there right now. People want to know about heaven. So a few months ago, I preached an entire series on heaven. I described it. I laid it all out the best I could from what the Bible says. But people are questioning, is there really a heaven? And so today, I want to kind of set you up. Because over the last few weeks, you have, by Pastor Larry, who filled in for us and then myself, set you up for this last final message on the place of transformation. Because immediately you're thinking, well, how's that all going to work? Let me repeat to you 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. It says, for the Lord himself. Not somebody else. For the Lord himself, who is the Lord, Jesus is the Lord, will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. Remember my trumpet illustration? I used to play trumpet. See, all, i got so many new people here today. There is going to be a trumpet blast. And so, just appease me for a moment. I, I, my minor instrument in university was trumpet. I, I, so I can play. And I thought about how loud a sound would have to be for the world to hear a trumpet sound. Now, that'd have to be loud. The trumpet is one of those instruments in the band, the BAM! See, I woke three people up right there just with the BAM. I don't know how it's going to work out That 7 billion people, and probably then when it happens, a little more than 7 billion. When it happens, I don't know how 7 billion people simultaneously are going to hear one trumpet. But that's up to God. And if God can build heaven, God can figure out how to make a trumpet sound loud enough for everybody to hear it. It's one of the number one questions I get asked as a pastor when talking about the subject of heaven. How are people going to hear the trumpet? Instead of how do I get to this place called heaven, which it should be the number one question, the number one question is, how is somebody going to hear this trumpet? Listen, you let God worry about the trumpet and you worry about how to get there. Hello? All right. <laughs> love thinking and the dead in Christ will rise first after that we who are still alive on our left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we will be with the Lord forever forever and ever and ever and ever and ever understand what that means forever forever For all eternity. So since God is getting us ready to spend eternity with him in a place we call, he calls, heaven, I want to give you three points today. Why do we need to be ready? See there, I helped you out. You're welcome. Talking to my translator. Who gets to go to heaven? See, there I helped you out again. And how do we live a transformed life? So if we cover those three points today, by the time you leave this room or you turn off that Wi-Fi or you change channels or whatever you do, you will know about heaven. And you will know about how to get there And you will know in the process living this transformed life. So number one, what do we need to do to get ready? Matthew 24 verse 36 says it like this. But the day and the hour no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven. Nor the Son. So Jesus doesn't even know. But only the father. So why did you start with that verse? Listen, because there's a whole lot of people, if you were here last week, trying to figure out when this day is going to happen. So I'm going to get ready. If I have two years, I'll get ready in two years. You know. And so years ago, you had these people write these books that said in 1988, there's going to be 88 reasons why people go to heaven. If you haven't read that book, it's an old book, but for this generation... But I'm telling you, people years ago used to write books and people bought them by the millions because somebody said this is when Jesus is coming back. The Bible is very clear. The Bible in 1988 was the same as it is today. Or 1958. Or 1900. Are you you getting me? So it said these words. No one knows the hour. So why would you think you would know the hour? Or somebody on this planet would know the hour. It says nobody knows. So we got to get ready in anticipation that there's coming a moment where God's going to turn to his son and say, okay, son, let's go. Put it in action. Let that trumpet sound. So Jesus is already anticipating he's sitting there at the right hand of the father the bible says and he looks down at us and he says people on the planet are living their lives i'm telling you jesus is up there god is up there the angels are up there moses and elijah are up there are you getting me you say, How did you get from the Mount of Transfiguration to heaven? Huh, huh, huh. You missed the beginning, didn't you? What happened is God was preparing us for what is going to happen. It's a, one of those moments in biblical history where Jesus experienced or allowed the disciples to experience something so that they could talk about what had happened. And that we could read in the Bible something called transfigured or transformation. There it was, back to life, Moses and Elijah. There it was, Jesus's face transfigured. It was a it was a, a very cool experience. It didn't say Peter, James, and John got transfigured or transformed. It. They watched in their eyesight, and they later wrote it down. These are the guys that wrote it down. This is what happened. Now listen, I'm all about eyewitness accounts. When you're an eyewitness to something, you can say, I saw it. I believe it. Nobody can take that away from you. If you saw something, you could say, I saw that. I don't care if everybody comes after you and says, man, you really didn't see that. You had two eyes closed. You didn't see that. You hallucinated. You made that up. Listen, Peter, James, and John did not make this up. They saw Jesus and Moses and Elijah on top of the mountain. They saw it. Because God wanted them to see it so they could write about it, of what happens... Get this point now. So that people can be ready for it to happen again. You know, I wish we could all say, I accepted Christ as my Savior, and I never, ever made another mistake. If there's anyone in this room or watching all over the world and you want to send me a note or see me afterwards and said I've never sinned since I I accepted Christ, I would love to meet you. Because I've never heard of anybody. You say, really? No, never. Now listen, Jennifer's grandmother was probably as close to a saint of any person I've ever met. She was incredible, lived to be a 100 years you walked into her, her room where she prayed and you thought the Mount of Transfiguration was happening all over again. It was a powerful room. She was anointed woman of God. And she would say that she had messed up. Now listen, if that woman had messed up, I guarantee you, I'm looking at all y'all right now, y'all had messed up. Were you judging us? No, 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 no. I'm being real. So what does that mean? There has to become in our lives a process then of transforming us. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, right? When you accept Christ, I'm new in Christ Jesus. Old things are gone. Behold, all things are becoming new. So it's a journey, it's a process. You don't just get to be perfect overnight. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't perfect. Come on, all you new college kids. I'm telling you, that kid next to you is not perfect. I'm going to help you. You asked me to tell my wife she's not perfect? Yes, I did, sir. I'm just telling you. If we were perfect, we'd already be out of here. Enoch, he got too close to God. God said, okay, you're gone. So since you're all sitting there breathing, that means you're not perfect. So you need a message like this. Why do we need to get ready? Because Matthew 24, 37 is written. It's in the Bible. As it was in the days of Noah The biblical proof that what is happening here on earth, people are eating. How many ate this week? I got liars in my church. Wait a minute. Let me ask it again, translate it. How many have eaten at least one meal this week? So, listen, listen, you don't lie in church. You can lie out there. No, no, don't lie out there either. People will be eating and drinking, getting married, having grandbabies. You see what I'm saying? Life will be going on. You will be working, building houses, living in houses, moving to Rome, living in your country. Life will be going on. And you'll be preparing for your education. You'll be preparing for your job. You'll be preparing for these children. La-di-da-di-da-di-da-di-da. Boom! Boom! I've never met anybody like you that do the boom sounds in the middle of message. And then it happens. The trumpet sounds. And you're going to say, ha, 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 ha. Some people are going to say, I just missed it. That's what's going to happen. Some people are going to be, yay, yeah, I'm on my way. Because it's going to happen in a moment. So, number two, who gets to go to heaven? Let's see what the Bible says about that. Matthew seven, twenty-one through twenty-three. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons? And your name perform many miracles? Then I would tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So Revelation, you say, oh man, that doesn't seem good for anybody, does it? Huh, that's bad. Because <laughs> a lot of people in this room would say, man, I prayed. I came to church. I gave to the legacy fund. I even taught the children. I helped. I was on the prayer team. And we're going to have our, our reasons and, and things that we could be saying to the Lord. But not everyone. Not everyone. Who gets to go to heaven? Revelation 20 verse 15 says it just like this. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown in the lake of fire. So in other words, the people that get to go to heaven are the ones that are in the book. Ones that don't get to go to heaven, the ones that are not in the book. It's pretty easy. I attended ICF Rome. I get to go to heaven. No. You don't get to make up the rules. I don't get to make up the rules. Your church, from whatever country you're from, they don't get to make up the rules. The Bible is the rules. So we do what the Bible says. Hello? That's why when we come into our church with 77 nations showing up normally of the world, not counting the one on live stream, Facebook Live and YouTube Live and all all the other lives we do, that's not counting them. That's 77 nations and countries sitting in this room on a normal weekend. We say these words from your country, your nation, your culture, cool. When we come in here, we put on Jesus' culture. So it's not based on the traditions of your country, even though the day I chose to wear a different kind of shirt than an American would wear. Happens to be an African church shirt. And you can guess later what country. But we don't say, okay, we're only going to emphasize how the Filipinos worship." Or we're gonna emphasize only how the South Africans worship. That wouldn't be right. Because in heaven, how, we're not gonna to get to do that. Okay, we're only gonna pick one country and we're gonna worship like they worship. Listen, there's only one true God. And how do you get to know? How do you get to know? How do I get to know? It's those whose name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. How do you get your name in the book? The story of the Philippian jailer is exactly how it's going to happen. Here's Paul and Silas. They got thrown in prison. It's not a good day for them. Preachers thrown in jail. And all of a sudden, the jail shook. And Peter, I mean, and Paul and Silas get up and walk out. And the guy that was in charge of them is about to kill himself because those above him would kill him because they would say he opened the door. They would never believe the story and the earth shook and the doors opened and they went out. They would never believe that. But the Philippian jailer looks at Paul and Silas because Paul and Silas says, hey, look, buddy, we're not leaving. God's about to do something to tell the people in Rome, Italy, few thousand years from now, how to make it to heaven. And he's going to use your story of how to get there. You're a very valuable person in the history of the planet right now. I want you to know, Philippian jailer, that you have a valuable story that's about to unfold and you get to be the testimony to what's about to happen. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Acts 16, 31. Wow! It didn't say attend such and such a church. It didn't say give such and such amount of money. It didn't say any of that. It said believe. And if you believe, your name gets written in the book. I didn't make that up. It's in the book. You know the cool part about the rest of Acts sixteen thirty one? It doesn't just stop with you believing. It says, and your family. He uses the term in your household. So some of you got some unsaved relatives. They're about to be saved. It's the promise of God. God doesn't break promises. So your household will be saved if you believe. Now, what's going to have to happen? You're going to have to pray, you're going to have to be the testimony. The people around you is going to have to see, like the Philippian jailer. And the Bible says later in that that the, that the jailer's home was saved. Wow. One experience. Can you remember that day you accepted Christ? You bowed your knee, maybe beside your bed, maybe at a church service, maybe listening to your mom, maybe listening to your grandma. And they said, listen, if you just invite Jesus into your life, into your heart, he'll take away all your sins. And it'll be, you'll be different. Remember that day? Remember that moment? Listen, my friend, I will never forget my moment. It was a moment that changed my life forever. Forever. It was real to me. Now I realized my name was getting written in the book in that day. I realize it now. But what I really realized is that the sin and the guilt and the issues in my life, Jesus was not only forgiving them, he was forgetting them. And that I could walk out of that room that night and say, man, I feel like a brand new person. People say, how do you feel? I felt like a million ton of bricks just got lifted off on top of me because guilt was gone. Sin was gone. So that must mean something must have to happen next. Yeah. How do we live a transformed life? How do we live this life now? Well, I'm going to give you five things. If you'll do these five things, I can promise you This transformation process will happen in your life. Say, Pastor, why do you keep saying that like that? Listen, my friends. When people start seeing you as they see Jesus, we're going in the right direction. When people start seeing you as they see Jesus, we're going in the right direction. Holy Pure, happy, whole, peaceful, gentle. Want me to keep going? See, it's a process. To be like Christ is a process. Yes, sins is gone. Changed life happens. Name is written down. But that journey that you're on is going to take you a little bit of time. And don't look at your neighbor now cuz some of them need a little more work than others don't look at them you hear what i'm saying you don't get to be the judge of people's lives god is working in all of us and in this journey it will take us some time for some of us it takes a little more time now don't look at your neighbor But you're hearing what I'm saying today. This transformed life has got to take us on a journey of knowing that sooner or later, we get to go to heaven. So here's your five things. Number one, read the Bible. Hide the word of God in your heart that you won't sin. That's what David said. One of the biggest sinners on the planet. Think about all the sins he did. But he tells us, look, if you'll put the word of God in your heart, boom. Listen, as I told the men Wednesday night, the only person reading the Bible to you throughout the whole week should not be me on Sunday. Or our kids as they read to you the scripture at the beginning of the day on Sunday. You need to read the Bible every day. I should have had 200 people say amen. Amen. You should read the Bible every day. Say, preacher, you're being kind of tough. I want you to go to heaven. Really? I'm not doing this for something to do. I want you to go to heaven. And God is teaching us what to do to get to heaven. Right. Read the book. Number two, pray. How often should I pray? All the time. You say, really? All the time? Yeah. I mean continually. Pray when you're working. Pray when you're studying. Pray when you're riding. Pray when you're riding on that bus. That's too hot. Like this building is right now. Pray. Pray when things are going good. Pray when things aren't going so good. But pray believing prayers. Pray that when you're done praying, (laughs) something's going to happen. Pray that God will change my life. Pray. Pray that God will change my family's life. Pray that God will meet the needs of our family. Pray. Number three. Come together. What's that mean? Come together. The the Bible says, "Forsake not the assembling of yourselves." Forsake it. In other words, forsake it. (laughs) Don't stop coming together. That's why God created the church for us to come together we come together, we get healthier. You can't do this by yourself. You need others. Others to encourage you. I can't tell you how valuable our men's retreat is every year. It's valuable. You should see the progress of men that have gone to our retreat. I know Pastor Jen could say the same thing about your ladies' retreats. I can tell you that uh, Joel, I almost called him Pastor Joel, Pastor Joel over there, he could come out of here and say he is making progress in those kids' lives. They are getting to know Christ. Same thing in our teenage department. Same thing. Progress is happening. Forsake not the assembling of yourself together. Come together. Come together when you feel like it. Come to weather when you don't feel like it. Say, I got to study, I got to study. You need Jesus, you need Jesus. Jesus will help you study. I'm telling you. If you say, okay, I'm taking time out with God, we want time out for God so I can do better in school. You've, you've messed it all up. <laughs> Listen, God has a plan for your life. And there's no time in the plan where it said, exclude God. Put God in your life all day, every day. Your life will be better. Number four, serve the Lord. Get involved in a healthy church, do something. This fall, we will be launching new ministries, and because of transition of people into other countries, we have to fill some gaps. Pastor Jen always teaches, we don't lose, we launch. We're sending more people out to other countries over the next number of weeks, and I already have done this summer. So there's going to be some voids this fall of some ministry positions in our church that we need people to step in. Okay, I'll do it. You'll go through some training, some teaching. You'll get it. But there is something in this church for every one of you to do. say, well, I'm real shy. (laughs) Listen, Moses used probably up every excuse there was to use of why he shouldn't lead the nation of Israel out of Egypt i'm shy i'm timid i'm stutter i mean just i come from the wrong side of the tracks i don't have this i don't have that i have a bad reputation i murdered somebody ba 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 i mean you talk about somebody with excuses moses had excuses So God does this. He says, I'm going to bring your brother Aaron next to you, and he can fill up all those gaps for you. Do you ever hear one time in the entire transformation of Israel coming out of Egypt, do you ever hear one time where Aaron speaks on Moses' behalf to Pharaoh or to the people, except for when he messed up? Never. Moses stood up and did what God had asked him to do, even though he had given him all these excuses. Wow. So don't tell me I'm shy, okay? I'm going to just ask you to lead a million people out of Egypt. Okay? So here's a guy. He's shy. That's his word. I stutter. That's his word. Okay, you lead a million. I've never done it before. uh, You want me to work in the kids' department? Yeah. I want you to be a greeter. I want you to be an usher. I want you to be part of the security team. I want you to be part of the prayer team. I want you to be part of the worship team. God has a position for you. Serve the Lord. Find a spot. When the people, even on the short term, the college kids that come in for a semester or for six three months, six months, whatever. They're all on different terms. I got it. When they get involved, they go away from here just so happy. They say, man, that was the place that helped me through all those tough exams and all that stuff. That church. Not to say that the people that take you to eat is amazing. Number five, live a holy life. Now, you're not going to live a holy life. I didn't put that number one until you do One, two, three, four. Read the Bible, pray, come together, serve the Lord, you'll live a holy life. Today, I pray that we have helped you know about having a transformed life. This is a transforming process. Jesus put the story in the Bible, had his disciples experience what it was for people to be transformed because he was preparing us For something that was going to happen, Jesus is coming back. I'm telling you. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, it's going to happen. Remember, a couple weeks ago, I asked you to practice. I asked you to blink your eyes like that, my friend. I think that in your reality of your life, you have to decide, is this Bible true? And is God really real? Is the Bible true? And is God real? If the Bible is true and God is real, then that must be what this preacher just preached, is truth. I didn't give you my personal opinions. Because what's happened in history, this subject material of heaven, the rapture, second coming, the book of Revelation itself, the prophecies that foretell all of this, if there is a controversial subject in the planet, that's it. Listen, I know that in our world of 7 billion plus people, we have a lot of people that believe there's only one God. His name is Muhammad. I know there's a lot of people in our planet that believe there's only one God. His name is Buddha. But Buddha has, you know that faith, they have many gods. I got it. I was preaching in Japan, and I closed with this illustration. We gave an altar call, and we were preaching a crusade, and there was a lot of people in this room. and There was a lot of people that came forward to give their life to Christ. And through the translator, because I did not speak a word of Japanese, through the translator, I asked the one lady... What happened today? Tears running down her face, she said these words I have many gods on my shelf in my home. I worship them every day. But today I realized there's only one God. His name is Jesus. He really is the Savior. the neighbor next to her that had just given her life to Christ heard her friend say those words. And she said, I thought I was just adding someone to my shelf. But because of what my friend said today, I know that that should not be true. Because of what my friend just said, I believe too listen my friends you don't know how many people you are affecting in your life you're affecting them for the good or the not so good the Philippian jailer today gets to be in heaven he's with Moses and Elijah he's hanging up up there you know who else is in heaven with him? His family. Today my friend you are making a plan for what is about to happen. I've done my best to communicate to you that not only is there a God but there's also a heaven and you've got to get ready for heaven. So live your life accordingly I'm not talking about how long you're in Rome I'm not talking about what job or what school I'm not talking about any of that your life is either for God or it's not for God you're headed towards heaven or not towards heaven it's your choice today my friend I'm just telling you, you say man I don't know that I've ever heard anybody this direct listen I know when you think about all those people watching on Facebook and fe- all the lives around the world right now and you sitting right I know that I have one moment with most people on the planet. One moment to hear what I have to say. I want my words to count. So if they never hear no one else. They don't they they their life is over today. I want the last prayer that they prayed. I want the last moments they've been on this planet to know that in a moment, I'm going to heaven. I want you to go to heaven. All y'all, all over the world, I want you to go to heaven. And I'm gonna do everything within my power to make sure you hear the whole truth of how to get there. Live a transformed life. I'll guarantee you we'll be in heaven together blowing trumpets eating cornettis drinking cappuccino or whatever you like best I love you that's why I preach the way I preach I teach the way I teach because I want you to go to heaven would you bow your heads please today you've heard a word from the Lord And I believe God has spoken to you. So if you say this prayer with me, I know God can change your life. They're saying it live here in Rome right now with me because God can change your life. God has a plan for you. I've told you that. And I want you to believe it with all of your heart. So will you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life this day. Change me. Help me, I pray, oh God. I'm going to live for you. Friend, if you've just said that prayer, I can tell you that God has just changed you and has come into your life. Now, I believe that today you may have listened to this and you've known that God already lives in your life. Well, God wants to speak to you and help you. So I'm gonna pray a second prayer and that prayer is for a miracle to happen for you this day. I believe in miracles. I know you do as well. So let's pray and let God touch you right where you're listening to this sermon. Lord, I thank you today for my friend that has heard this message. Lord, I know that they have needs and situations that's going on in their life. God, you're a big God and you hear and answer our prayers. So today, oh God, will you hear this prayer from your humble servant? God, will you answer this prayer on my new friend's behalf? Will you heal them? Will you touch them? Will you guide them? Lord, come in right now, wherever they're listening, Lord, and answer their prayer. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. If you've just said that prayer and listened to that prayer with me, I know that God has spoken to you. Would you do me a big favor? You're going to see, scrolled on the bottom of this, a website with an email address. If you said the prayer that said, God, come into my heart, or today you're believing with me for a miracle, I want you to drop us a quick note and say, hey, Pastor, I want you to continue to pray for me and my family. You know, God loves you, and He has a plan for your life, and I'll guarantee you, your best days are still in front of you. So God bless you, and join us next week.